Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Monday, September 26th, 2022. This is Shannon, and tonight I'm here with Brooke, Georgina, and Stacy. We are looking ahead to October. We are not looking ahead very far since it is the 26th. Um, You know, October is literally like at the end of the week, but (laughs) we are looking ahead to October books because it's only the four of us tonight. We will have four rounds of books instead of three. So you will get a total of 16 October releases. So Brooke will start us off, followed by Georgina, Stacy, and then me. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the book bistro podcast at gmail.com. So my first book tonight is The Witch Hunt, The Witch Haven, book two by Sasha Peyton Smith. And it comes out on October 11th. So I don't really want to give anything away. So what I'll do is I'll just give a quick, very, very quick synopsis of what happened at the start. And then I'll give like a tiny little synopsis of this book. So in the first book, we meet Frances. And at the time when we first meet her, she is working as a, I think she's working as seamstress. And something happens and her scissors end up in the neck of a client. Yeah. And, and she has no idea how this happened. It just kind of all of a sudden her scissors are one spot and then they're in the neck of this guy. But then these mysterious women, caped women come and they take her off to this. They take, they'll tell her she's going to a sanatorium and it's called um, Hexhaven. And so she gets, it goes with these women and she discovers that Hexhaven is actually a school for witches. So she's learned that she is a witch and she's got to learn how to use her powers. So one thing that she learns is that magic is not always a good thing. So they're trying to teach them not to use it unless absolutely needed. Um, while doing this, she meets a boy named Finn and Finn tells her that he knows how her brother died. So before about I don't know how long, but before the book ever takes place, her her brother gets killed somehow. And we don't know really how this, as the book goes on, we learn more. 
but we learn and she wants to know what happened, obviously, but she's also kind of grieving. So Finn says that I can help you figure this out. So she's kind of like, okay. So she tries to figure this out. And then at the same time, there's this person that's decided that Francis has some powers that he would like to kind of have control over. And that's where I'm going to leave you for that book. But this book, um, this next book is we continue on from what happened in the first book. So some big things happen. And Frances is kind of doing her thing at Hexhaven. And some things start happening. And she's given the option to go and to spend some time in Paris. So her and a couple of her friends, they head to Paris. And they do some stuff there. And like some things happen and she's got to kind of do some, they've got to figure out how to solve what's happening. And I know that's so convoluted how I just said that, but I don't want to um, spoil anything from the first book. Um, I really enjoyed the first book. It um, happens in 1911 um, New York. So I love, love, love old time New York. So I was pretty excited about this. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. So this is The Witch Hunt, The Witch Haven, book two by Sasha Peyton Smith. And it takes, I'm sorry, and it comes out on October 11th. It's almost here. I know, I'm excited. My first book that I'm going to talk about this evening is, it's a hard knock midlife good to the last death book eight by robin petterman this comes out um october 17th 2022 um they say that 40s is when you have your midlife crisis and that seems to be going on apparently in the ghost world for (laughs) this book Um, it's vague because this is the eighth book so um, she has her proposal from the grim reaper um, healthy baby and her family is safe a ghost from her ex-friend is hanging out on her front porch and life is topsy-turvy in the ghost world and this description is very very vague um but that's all i can tell you sadly because that's all that there was this book is it's a hard knock midlife good to the last death book eight by robin petterman which comes out october 17th 2022 So I read the first four books of this Robin Robin Peterman series and forgive me for being slightly crass, but it made me laugh my ass off. Like I was cackling, like, like, like embarrassing scream laughing. I mean, I could not stop, especially the first book. I was Um, in the same way. All right, everyone. I've made no secret of the fact that Beauty and the Beast retellings are like my catnip. Like, I think they're the greatest thing ever. I love them. I seek them out. I know there's some issues with Beauty and the Beast um, for some people, but it's like, I love, love the story of falling in love with a beast. 
So my first book tonight um, is a Beauty and the Beast retelling, and it's called The Bell of Belgrave Square, Bells of London, book two by Mimi Matthews. And I just talked about the first book in this series, The Siren of Sussex, a couple weeks ago for historical romances. And that book really profoundly impacted me. And I'm really excited about this one. This is about um, a young woman named Julia Witchwood, which I think is a delightful last name when said with a posh British accent, Julia Witchwood. Like it just sounds so delightful. And Julia is this very, very delightful (laughs) young woman. And she's, you know, happy to have discovered her equestrian friends that she can kind of bond with during the London season because Miss Julia Witchwood kind of has a very unfortunate, well, it's not unfortunate, but Julia Witchwood has difficulty in the London ballrooms because she has such um, debilitating social anxiety, which makes it hard for her to talk to anyone. And the only time she feels confident is when she's on horseback. But obviously you can't ride a horse into a ball. I mean, I think that'd be an amazing thing. It would kind of make things more interesting, but you can't. And, you know, you can't be in horseback all the time. And Julia Witchwood has caught the eye of Captain Jasper Blunt. And Captain Jasper Blunt used to be sort of like this hero and this darling of England. But, you know, then rumors have surfaced about the bastard children he has and the haunted estate he lives on. And so, you know, he kind of wants to spruce up his image a little bit and he, you know, just kind of needs like a wife who can kind of ornament his sad and crumbling estate. And so he comes to London and becomes quite enchanted with the alluring Miss Julia Witchwood. Well, Julia knows that, you know, getting married for her is gonna be quite a challenging ordeal because of how anxious she becomes whenever someone speaks to her at one of these horrible ballroom and potted palms, you know, affairs in London. That last was my opinion, probably hers too. And so she (laughs) decides to take her own future, quote, by the reins, quote, and she proposes to Captain Jasper Blunt and says that she will come and to his, Yorkshire estate, and she will be his wife if he agrees to her conditions. And her conditions are she gets to ride and read as much as she wants without his interference. Well, you see, this is just right. I know. And this is just fine for Captain Jasper Blunt because he has conditions of his own. She stays out of his affairs and by no means should she ever even think about going into the tower rooms within his estate. Uh Kind of like the West Wing. Oh, yes. So that's all I really know about this book, but I need it in my life like I need to breathe. And it comes out, again, this is The Bell of Belgrave Square. It is The Bells of London, number two by Mimi Matthews. And it comes out on October 11th. And I need it. Need, 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 right now. So thank goodness I don't have that long to wait. No, no, you don't. I'm going to look for this book and I'm going to look for the (laughs) first one as well because I came on horses and everything. Yeah. So my first book tonight is a standalone romance from Alicia Rye. This is called Partners in Crime. It comes out on October 18th. 
And I really enjoyed um, Alicia Rye's Forbidden Heart series, which is the first um, series I've read by her. And so I've been kind of keeping an eye on both what she has released before Forbidden Hearts and what has come after. So this one is, like I said, a standalone. It is about Naira and she is 35 and she's an accountant. She, I guess, has had a lot of drama in her past dating life, and she's really ready to put that behind her and settle down with someone stable who is looking for the same things that she's looking for. But she also knows that meeting people just kind of in her daily life isn't really her forte. So she turns to this app that is targeted for working singles who are looking to make matches. And she meets Naveen, who is a professor. And when she first meets him, she thinks like he's kind of boring. And she's like, oh, you know, maybe this whole like drama-free dating, like maybe this is no good, which I'm not sure why drama-free dating would be no good. Like I'm not a fan of drama. So maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm also not a character in a romance novel. So I think my my expectations um, might be a little different. So they're, you know, they, they have a few dates and they're kind of you know, getting along, but Naira's not sure. And then she learns that her aunt has passed away. And her aunt has passed away under kind of suspicious circumstances, like something involving hacking has occurred. And so now Naira's trying to figure out like, what her aunt was involved in. And is this whatever it is, like going to affect the rest of her family? Like, are these people who may have been responsible for her aunt's death? Are they like, you know, coming after the rest of her family? So Naveen kind of will unwillingly joins forces with Naira to figure this out. And this is described as a caper that will put their futures and their lives in danger. So it kind of reminds me of like a, um, maybe a little bit like the, the Jesse Q. Sutanto books in the sense that like they're trying to solve this like really crazy series of events while falling in love at the same time. Um, I am looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a fun, like, little bit of a, a lighter uh, read for the fall. And it is Partners in Crime by Alicia Rye. And it comes out on October 18th. I will be adding this to my TBR. Yes. It's described as Indian matchmaking meets date night. Oh, yes. So my next book is Livid, K. Scarpetta, book 26. Yeah, guys, we're on 26. by Patricia Cornwell. So in this book, um, Kay finds herself a reluctant witness in um, a a sensational televised murder trial. Uh, She has inherited a case that she really doesn't want. um, Two years prior, there was a murder of a beauty queen and her body washed up on the shore of an island in, uh, in Virginia. And her boyfriend at the time is, has been held in prison um, for her murder. 
So currently the murder trial is going on and the murder trial is not going overly well. Um, she, Scarpetta is the expert witness. The whole kind of like examination and stuff was botched by a former medical examiner. So she's kind of got to speak to that and she's not really happy about that. So she takes off, um, she finishes at court and she goes to head home and I'm not sure if she discovers it or somehow, but we find out that the, I think it's a sister, the sister of the judge of this trial has been found dead. Oh. And this is not a good thing at all. So Scarpetta is kind of working on this case while also trying to figure out like what happened with this whole beauty queen case. And that, my friends, is all I can tell you. But I am so looking forward to it because I know like a lot of people are like, oh, she should really stop. But I really some books are great, but some books aren't. But I think it's the same for any long time series. Like I think sometimes they get really good and then sometimes you have a really not so great one. So I'm really looking forward to this one. So this is Livid, Case Scarpetta, book 26 by Patricia Cornwell. And it comes out on October 25th. My next book that I'm going to talk about is called Where the Wind Takes Us by Kelly Harm. This book comes out um, October 18th, 2022. Rebecca's life is in shambles. She's nearly divorced and all she has to show for 22 years of marriage is a boat and a shattered heart. So she decides that she's going to pick herself back up and ask her daughter, Liv, to go on a, um, like a girl's weekend on the boat. And while they're doing this, they meet um, Murphy Grant. And while he's too young for Rebecca, she sees that she sees the boating life and how it is through his eyes and decides that maybe she can recover or navigate towards a different future. This looks interesting. Um, I can't wait to read this. This is Where the Wind Takes Us by Kelly Harm, and it comes out October 18th, 2022. Um, Shannon, you really do know how to pick these for me because I want this <laughs> on my... <laughs> yes, my superpower. This. Yes, it is. <laughs> I really like Kelly Harms. Um, I've read... Uh, a few of hers in the past that I really liked. I think Stacy's read more than I have. The Shipwreck Lane um, is her, right? Is Kelly yeah. Harms? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. I love that book so much. So do you all remember like 10 minutes ago when I talked about how Beauty and the Beast retellings were like my favorite thing on the planet? 
Interestingly, I do remember that. Yes. Me but too. you know what? Yes. But you know what? There's actually something. There's actually something that I love even more really? than Beauty and the Beast retellings. And tell everyone us. close to me knows exactly what it is. But I will tell all of you, dear listeners, that for the majority of my life, I have been obsessed with all things Phantom of the Opera, everything, all things. And I'm always looking for books that are either retellings or reimaginings or just books that in some way pay homage to this story that I love so very much. And imagine my surprise just a couple weeks ago, I had told Shannon, oh, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to do October picks. I don't know, friend. I don't know. This is before, actually, I just have to say, this is before I read Siren of Sussex. Anyway, but I told Shannon, I don't know, friend. There's nothing that's really like jumping out at me. And I think other people can fill in. Then I'm just sort of skimming Goodreads. And I see that an author that I love named Catherine Ann Kingsley is writing a book, is writing a series of books that where, where, you know, movie monster villains get the girl. And it's called the Creature Feature Series. And the very first book in this series is called The Forgotten Phantom. It's Creature Feature Number One by Catherine Ann Kingsley. And it comes out on October 11th. And when I saw this, I screamed and I texted Shannon and I said, please, 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 can I please join October Picks? I have to talk about this because I love this author. She's amazing. <laughs> So in this book, we are reminded to keep our hand at the level of our eyes. And Christine is working for the Institute, whatever that might be. And she sort of has this feeling that they are trying to, they, the Institute, whoever that may be, is trying to get rid of her because they have told her she has to try to go and solve a cold case about the phantom, a phantom living in the depths of a crumbling opera house. And she's kind of like, what the hell? Like, this is a hundred years old. I mean, what is happening? But, you know, she must be like uh, an agreeable, you know, do what your boss tells you because she, she goes to this opera house. And as she's wandering around, she starts to think that, you know, there might be, even though they probably are just like trying to get rid of her for some reason, they, the Institute, you know, there seems to be a little bit more in the shadows than rats. Oh, my God. Dear God. Rats, Ooh. And Ooh. forgotten um, like sets. And uh, there just seems to be something, something that feels weird. And she's right, because something has awakened. And now it is sort of like equating her to a ghost from a hundred years ago. And as more and more things from legend start to become reality, she's faced with these questions. Is this phantom fiend or friend angel of music or demon of the pit lover or killer? And my darlings, we'll find out the answers to this question on October 11th. When the Forgotten Phantom Creature Feature Book One by Catherine Ann Kingsley is released into the world 
and into my Kindle because, oh my God, I ordered <laughs> this one already because I have to have it. And you know, I'm what totally I love about, gonna get this. yeah. So what I love about Catherine Ann Kingsley, she does write, um, she writes dark romances where the villain gets the girl. Just, uh-huh. I'm very, very excited about this book. She's very clever. And this book is written just for Stacy because I always wanted Christine to end up with the Phantom, not with Raul. But that's a topic for a different day. But, you know, when I see that this is where the villains get the girl, I'm like jumping yes. and twirling internally. So anyway, that's all <laughs> I'll say about this. I'm just super stoked about it. And I hope somebody else is too. And I hope that Catherine and Kingsley gets some little bit more recognition because she's an author I don't really hear enough about. All right. So my next book is a historical thriller. Hmm. This is Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. I loved, 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 loved her debut last year, which is called All Her Little Secrets. Um, But this one is more historical than that one was. That one had kind of a historical component, but it looks like this one stays firmly in the 1960s. So this is the story of two sisters and they're living in the Jim Crow South in Mississippi. And one of them, Violet, kills a man. And as a result, because she's a black woman, she runs because she knows if anyone finds out what she did, like she will not you know, get out alive. So as soon as whatever happens is done, like she, she's gone. And she ends up hiding out in a small town in Georgia. Now, still in Jackson, Mississippi is her older sister. And Marigold has really wanted to go to law school like all of her life. And she's finally beginning to think like, maybe this is something she can accomplish. Black people have just like, gotten the right to vote and are working you know, toward that. She has been um, spending the summer like helping more people like realize the importance of voting. And she's, you know, thinking that maybe like things are, are looking up for her. Um, she also is wondering though, like, you know, what happened to her sister because Violet did not tell anyone, you know, why she was leaving. And Miracle though has trouble of her own that isn't related to her, you know, kind of career, her studies, anything like that, because she has suddenly found herself pregnant. And this is not this like sends her into a tailspin. There's nothing that she expected to happen to her. And to be honest, like nothing that she really wants to happen to her because it puts everything she's worked for at risk. So she also runs and she heads north. She thinks that she is going to find a way to live as a single mom and be free of at least some of the segregation that she experienced in the South. But as we know, running you know, doesn't always uh, work the way we think it will, especially if we are um, characters in books. And there is someone who is looking for both sisters. Is he looking for them like for the same reason? Does he have different reasons for finding each one? We don't know, but he knows and he is working hard to find them. I want this so, so, so much. And it does not come out until October 25th. 
which is very sad indeed. It is Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. I really liked her first book, so I'm looking forward to this one. Yes, I loved her first book so much. So my next book is Ruin Me, Immortal Vices and Virtues, book six by Jenna Wolfhart. And it comes out on October 28th. So the synopsis doesn't really give us much. Um, It just says it takes place in the Immortal Vices and Virtues um, world and that we're guaranteed a happy ending and that there's no cliffhangers. So what I will tell you about the series itself is each book in the series is written by a different author or like two authors. So the first book is called Reject Me and it's by Kel Carpenter and Aurelia Jane. Um, And that's kind of like our first introduction to this world. So the world is kind of broken down into different houses. So we have like... um, I can't remember their names. Like they think there's like blood and garnet. Like they all kind of have different um, gem names. So there's like one that's something garnet. Um, there's something ruby. There's something sapphire. And they all have different. So like the one area is like the shifters. Um, another world is where you might find the vampires. Another world where you might find like the phantoms. And... So in each book, we get to know a different house. Um, So in the first book, as I said, um, is Reject Me. And this is where we first get introduced to the shifter world. And we get to like see her story. And that's really all I can give you because I don't want to... It's really one thing with this is kind of it's kind of good to enter without knowing much about it and you kind of get to know things as you go but I really like that it is a full length novel and that you are like you get a happy ending so no matter what trauma and drama and like horrible things are happening throughout the book you know that everything's going to work out in the end so that's what I sometimes you just kind of need that So this is Ruin Me, Immortal Vices and Virtues, book six, and it's by Jenna Wolfhart, and it comes out on October 28th. And another thing I will say before I go is that there's actually four more books in the series. I think there's 10 total. So at the end of every month, there's a new book comes out. So I'm always looking forward to the new book. And they could do that. Yeah, and so far, I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And and like, honestly, like, so far, I've really enjoyed them. Like, I don't think there's one that I haven't. Like, one even has, like, ghosts and phantoms. And like, as I said, like, as I've said constantly, like, I don't really enjoy ghosts. But it worked. Like, it definitely worked. My next book that I'm going to talk about is The Boys from Biloxi by John Grisham, which comes out October 18th, 2022. Now, this looks really interesting. Um, Kevin, I couldn't say that, and Hugh grew up together. 
from the time they were little league superstars um, to high school. And something happened when they were teenagers that they kind of drifted apart and they come from two different worlds. Um, Kevin's father is a leading prosecutor and Hugh's father is, you know, the kingpin sort of master of the underworld. Oh. And so when they graduate, Kevin finds his life, you know, he does what his father does. He follow, he follows in his father's footsteps. Hugh follows in his father's footsteps. And they were bound to really meet spectacularly again or reunite again in the courtroom. And it sadly doesn't tell you how they meet if who's who's accusing what of what or who of what. Um, but this looks very, very interesting enough for me to pick it up. I haven't read a John Gershom novel in quite a while. This one is called The Boys from Biloxi by John Grisham, which comes out October 18th, 2022. I'm going to be adding this to my thing. I haven't read, I think my last one I read was The Whistle. Oh, The Whistleblower? The Whistleblower. whistleblower. I think that's the last one I read. Um, But this one, like, definitely sounds like something I need to read. So tonight I've talked to you about my great retelling loves of my life. And, you know, I have this other sort of not so secret secret about what I love to read more than everything, um, starting about the beginning of November every year. And it's so, I don't understand it. I don't understand how these sappity wappity, there you go. These sappity wappity (laughs) novels, like, they're my everything for like two months. And I'm talking now about holiday novels. I love them, which makes no sense because the rest of the year, they'd be way too fluffity for my like sensibilities. But when I saw that Sarah Hogel was writing a holiday novel, I screamed really loud because I loved Twice Shy that came out in 2021 by her. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about Just Like Magic by Sarah Hogel. And it comes out like next week. It comes out on October 4th. It's the first book that's come out like on October 4th. In this I whole know. Episode so far. I we know. Everything have, like, else has so been like many. later in the month. And like this uh-huh. one is so early. I was actually surprised when I looked back to double check the date. I'm like, oh, wait, I was just going to say the 11th. But that would have been a lie. <laughs> so um, this book is about Betty Hughes. And Betty Hughes is really busy at living the high life, the extravagant life the life in the social media spotlight with her ginormous collection of shoes and her sort of secret addiction to CBD oils. And (laughs) she likes the spotlight. She (laughs) likes, you know, living this life on social media that just makes her look kind of extra. But Betty Hughes has a problem for you see her parents have basically curtailed her spending. Uh-oh. And now Uh-oh. she's like squatting in Colorado. Like her family doesn't know Uh-oh. she's there. She's like 
And I don't really know what that means. I'm not sure where she's kind of hiding and squatting in Colorado, but I know she's in the state of Colorado. Okay. With, without knowledge, her family has no idea she's there. And she's kind of worried because, you know, I think she's missing her life of extravagance and style and limelight. And one night, Betty gets a bit intoxicated. And for some reason that I do not understand, she decides it's going to be a great idea to play um, a vinyl record of All I Want for All I Want for Christmas is You backwards. Now, <laughs> when I was young, I was told playing a record backwards would like summon some sort of demon. Like the so devil I'm, would come. Yes. yes. And I was very frightened by that. So I'm not sure Isn't why. It like the Beatles or something you have to play backwards? I like, have I no idea. I don't know. I just knew not to play a record backwards. And I, I was quite how. frightened. I, I guess you scrape the needle the other way. I don't really know. But you, drunk like, Betty, your record? you would, you would, but drunk Betty Sorry, decides this is, no, you're good. I, I, these are questions I have, and I'm hoping that Sarah Hogan <laughs> will answer them for me. Cause I, I really, oh, really know these things. Yeah. So drunk <laughs> Betty decides that playing Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is you backwards is some sort of like fabulous idea. And she does this, but what it does actually is summon hall who is like the spirit of Christmas. And he oh. comes in the guise of a man. Well, this basically makes all of Betty's shallow, money-loving dreams come true. Because she feels like <laughs> having Hall with her for Christmas is just going to solve everything for her. She can get all of her wishes granted. And she can have a fake fiancé when facing the familiar pressure, familial pressures of the holiday. Oh. But, you know, as sort of like the interesting sort of like intriguing thing about the magic sort of kind of starts being less intriguing because, you know, Hall's been with her all the time. Her heart starts getting a little more light and merry, merry and light. And Betty starts wondering if maybe she can start having goodwill toward all men or, you know, like once Christmas is over and Hall is gone, is she going to revert to her selfish ways? Ooh. And I hope that when the holidays are over, she still has this lovely man with her in her life. Because I am hoping that like her other books, this is actually a romance. So it will have a happily ever after ending. But what I do know is how fun and ridiculous is this holiday novel going to be? It talks about like, <laughs> you know, navigating through all of the like pressures of the holiday, the familial like expectations. So I'm just really excited to see what this is because Twice Shy ended up being quite deep and quite lovely. Um, but this is just like magic and it's by Sarah Hogel. It'll be probably the first holiday novel I read and it comes out on October 4th. So my next book is about as far from Stacy's holiday romance as <laughs> it is possible to get. <laughs> but I still think that this could be a Stacy book. Ooh. Oh. And a Brooke book. And a Georgina book. Oh. I think this might be like an everyone book. Like even people who aren't on this episode. Wow. So this oh. is The Whispering Dark by Kelly Andrew. Ooh. It comes out on October 18th. It is a debut fantasy romance. <gasps> yes. So our heroine is Delaney. And Delaney, I think all of us on this episode can relate to her because she is very, very tired 
of being seen as either super fragile or super inspirational just because of her disability. Oh, I already like her. Deaf. And she is really just trying to find a way to be seen as a normal person who happens not to be able to hear. Now, in the world where Delaney lives, magic is a thing. And so she has been wanting to get into this university that teaches people how to travel to like parallel worlds. And she eventually finds a way in. So now she is the only deaf student in this university. And there's a teacher, again, I think so many of us can relate to this, who doesn't want to accommodate her disability and is making her first semester super difficult. But she also comes into the orbit of Colton. Now, Colton and Delaney have kind of a secret past. When Colton was nine, he died. Oh, but oh. impossibly, weeks later, he woke up. I'm not sure how that's possible. He like oh. came back to life. Zombie. And somehow, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't... And I think somehow Delaney had something to do with this. Like they were both kids at the time. And somehow she was able to like bring him back to life. And this is like a hugely taboo kind of thing. So they are ordered by, you know, people that are in charge to like stay far apart. They're not supposed to spend time together because no one knows what happens when they are actually like together, you know, physically. Um, you know, there's obviously some kind of connection between them because of what Delaney was able to do. Now, though, there is something very old and dangerous and nameless stalking the world. And even though they've been ordered to stay apart, it becomes clear to both Colton and Delaney that only if they team up will they be able to stop whatever this is from destroying the world. So this is like everything that I need. It looks like a dark fantasy romance with a heroine with a disability, which, you know, I'm, I'm always ready for that. I think fantasy you know, doesn't really have a lot of disabled representation. And so whenever I see it, um, I'm pretty excited. And I do really like the whole like parallel world thing. I'm a little creeped out by the guy who was dead for like some weeks and then yes. came back. But um, <laughs> I think I can probably overlook that. So this is The Whispering Dark by Kelly Andrew. And I will be reading this just as soon as it becomes available. On October 18th. So my last book tonight is Vanishing Hour by Laura Griffin. And I am so excited about this book because it includes search and rescue. Guess what? Dogs. Dogs, people. Dogs. People. Brooke and dogs, we are all one. So our main character's name is Ava. And she is a corporate lawyer, and she's had she's had enough of the of the daily grind. So she heads back home. Um, and her father used to train search and rescue dogs. So she is back home with her father, 
And her and her dog, Huck, are out for a walk. And they discover a dead body. Oh. I know, eh? So she is... She knows that she needs to make sure, like, the scene is all whatever. So she takes some pictures, and then she heads back to call the authorities. And she calls the authorities, and this is when we meet Grant. And Grant, from what I can tell, is a detective. And he, at first, when he first meets Ava, he is so judgmental. All he sees is her designer pants, like, her designer jeans and her fancy boots. And, like, he thinks that, like, she has no, like, she has no place in this situation. But they team up together and they start investigating this case. And it reminds them of um, a cold case that happened two years prior where another woman was found. So while they're investigating and they're kind of looking into this campsite, another woman goes missing. So I am pretty excited about this book because there's search and rescue dogs and there's dead bodies and well, I don't, and come on, Nick, that is a recipe for intrigue. So this is a vanishing hour and it's by Laura Griffin and it comes out on October 25th. And I'm really sad because that's a really long way from now. I know it feels very far away. My final book that I'm going to talk about is Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsilver, and it comes out October 18th, 2022. I really, really like Barbara Kingsilver ever since I discovered um, The Bean Tree. I'm really excited for this one. This one looks really good. Um, A boy, it doesn't tell you his name in the description. It just says a boy with copper hair who's determined to you know fight he is a born fighter so he makes it through foster care to foster care through all the adversities life has to throw at him from being a superstar to being a bad lover to being um everything and apparently it shows him growing and coming out, um, quote unquote, a man and who he really is. <clears throat> Sadly, I cannot tell you more because the description was not very descripty. Uh, <laughs> so this looks really, really good. I cannot wait to read Barbara King Silver. This one is called Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsover, which comes out October 18th, 2022. You know, it's probably going to make you cry because most of hers do. And it probably is going to stop and make you think of something you've never considered from her point of view. I really like all her, most of her books. My first three books tonight were all romance books and very like retellings and happy Christmas holiday novels. But my final book tonight is one I'm really excited about, and it's a slight departure from what I have been reading lately. It's called That Summer in Berlin, and it's by Leisha Cornwall. 
And this book is, um, it takes place in, the, in Berlin in the summer of 1936 during the Berlin Olympics, which I'm totally fascinated by because at the same time, you know, Germany's on the brink of war. They're already, they kind of, there's some secret plans um, to, you know, kind of start the war. And I'm not saying that with a very, <laughs> in a very professional way, because, you know, I don't know how to say it quite right, but there's, there's plans, secret plans afoot. But, you know, it's the dazzling spectacle of the Berlin Olympics. And so, you know, they're trying to woo um, other countries with with who they are trying to be on their best behavior. And so how does England respond to the Olympics and and the threat of war? How are they going to stave off this whole war? Well, the age old tradition of having debutantes come to Germany and make these great marriages, because obviously... Obviously, that's going to prevent a war from taking place if British debutantes, you know, come to Germany and marry some of their, you know, young German men. It'd be how I would think for my daughter. Like, I'm just going to toss you into the wolf's den here. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) And so in the midst of all of this, um, in this summer of like spectacle and fun, um, there are some people who are a lot of you know, a lot of people from England, and it is talking about England specifically. So I, I don't know what other countries are thinking, but a lot of people from England are thinking, you know, they're going to just try to appease Hitler. But then there are those who kind of want to expose what is happening in Germany. And what better way than through pictures during the Berlin Olympics to kind of, you know, figure out what's actually going on behind the scenes. And Vivianne is one of the young women who comes with her sister on holiday during the summer of 1936. And Vivianne has an extreme talent for taking photos with her trusty camera. I think it's called a Leica, but I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. So I'm just going to call it a trusty camera. And who's going to suspect a young English woman on holiday of taking any sort of like clandestine photographs. Like she's just there taking pictures of, of her vacation. So who would suspect anything? And she has been paired. I know, especially back in that time. And she's been paired with um, a very brave journalist with a guarded heart. Ooh. I know. I love the guarded hearts. They always make me happy. And so, you know, while she's there and while the Olympics are going on, Germany's actually on its best behavior and it's like, you know, dazzling people with the spectacle. And so Vivianne and her journalist who remains nameless in this synopsis are going around and she's taking her photos, but, you know, she unwittingly gets drawn into this very dark and dangerous web where, you know, there are people who maybe she can't trust we're playing some pretty serious games and Vivianne might be closer to the brink of war than she ever could have imagined. That's all I know about this book, but I kind of love the idea of a young debutante from the 1930s in England coming over to Germany and taking pictures kind of like as a spy. Like, I think it sounds so fascinating. Um, And I'm really excited to read this book. Again, it is that summer in Berlin. It's by Alicia Cornwall and it comes out on guess what October 11th and she's been on yeah and she's been on my um, radar for a long time I've not read anything by her but several years ago she did actually write a Beauty and the Beast retelling (laughs) um that's a Scottish romance yes and so I don't know why I've never read anything by her but it looks like she's kind of branched out into writing some sort of World War II era historical fiction and I'm I'm just completely all for that 
So she I'm very excited about this. Um, a World War One book a couple of years ago, was it 2020 maybe? Called The Woman Ooh, really? in the Front. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. That's what I thought might have been another World War II. I just saw the title. All right. So as I said, my last book is one that I have stolen from the lovely Sarah, who yes. told me several months ago that she wanted this book. And I told her that I could not... I could not make that promise because I also wanted this book <laughs> and I just wasn't sure how it was going to play out. Um, you know, sometimes I'm nice and I, I give people what they want, even if I want it to, but sometimes I don't. So I had originally been nice and given this to Sarah. And then like half of the um, people who planned to be in this episode ended up not being able to be here. And so this book is mine. This is Paris Delancourt is about to crumble. Winner <laughs> bakes all book two by the incomparable Alexis Hall. This comes out on October 18th. So I have said this like a million times, but Rosaline Palmer takes the cake was my introduction to Hall's writing. And I loved it so incredibly much. So I was super excited when I saw that he was writing a sequel to that phenomenal book. And this is it. So this is, of course, about Paris. And Paris figures he's just a disaster. He has all these insecurities. Um, he has a classics degree that isn't really <laughs> benefiting him very much. Um, he has a kitty cat, which is definitely not um, a sign of your life being a disaster, but maybe that's like the only thing in his life that isn't. And then his roommate enters him into a baking contest on a show, <laughs> and it is Bake Expectations. Oh. And it is like the, the hottest, you know, food show on TV in this, in this world. Now, Paris has always really liked to cook, but he also doesn't think that he's very good at it. I get the impression from the synopsis that Paris doesn't think that he's very good at, at much. Whether or not that's the case, I don't know. But it seems from the synopsis that he at least you know, has that view of himself. So he just knows that he's going to be like the first person eliminated from this reality baking show. But he's kind of resigned himself to it. He figures, you know, at least it'll be like a good experience you know it'll be something that he can like say he's done that not a lot of people have done like how many people are on reality tv well I guess kind of a lot now because there's like a million <laughs> reality tv shows but still so he goes there and and he you know is, is doing his thing and strangely enough he is not the first one eliminated and so then his confidence kind of starts to grow and he wonders if maybe this is a thing that he can do he doesn't necessarily think he'll win but you know maybe he actually has a chance to like be in it for a while and as is so often the case in books about reality tv he falls for one of his co-contestants and so a competitor in the show and oh this is Tarek and Tarek seems to be kind of like the opposite of Paris in in every way and they start to, you know, form a friendship and have feelings for each other. But how do you do that like, in the midst of 
a reality show competition. And if it happens, like if you do actually decide that you're going to make a go of this like romance thing, how, like what are fans going to say? Like, how is this going to play out in the public eye? I really want to know how it plays out. And so I will definitely be reading this just as soon as I can. It is Paris Gallencourt is about to crumble. Winner Bakes All, book two by Alexis Hall. And it comes out on October 18th. And if you haven't read Alexis Hall, everyone on this episode. I know. Um, if you haven't, you, you really, really should. And I think Sarah might be the only other uh, beastress who has read Alexis Hall. All right. So this concludes a kind of slimmed down version of <laughs> our most anticipated releases of October. Thank you to Stacy, Georgina, and Brooke for allowing me to uh, throw in kind of a, a bonus round last minute and uh, give everybody an extra book so that we could tell you about more great stuff. As always, thanks goes out to Christine for all of her editing for, you know, our many tangents. And <laughs> we thank each and every one of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.